From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Warchant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One more, now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hunch of Andy and Corey Clark. What is up, everybody? It's Wake Up War Champ, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, coming up on today's show. A bunch of replays. We replay the hour-long live show from last night with Corey and I speculating on the future of Mike Norvell and that Alabama vacancy, and then a replay of the YouTube video with Gene Williams, Corey Clark, and Tom Lang talking about the NCAA sanctions levied against Florida State for recruiting violations. Wake Up War Champ, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, Tallahassee, Florida, cptallybar.com, the website. Lunch specials from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. And on Friday, chicken strip basket, hand-breaded, served with a dipping sauce or tossed in a sauce of your choosing. Also comes with a side dish of your choosing, which it could include straight fries, curly fries, onion rings, potato salad, coleslaw, broccoli, side salad, tater tots, or freshly cooked potato chips. Check them on out. The absolute very latest on what's going on with the Alabama head coaching vacancy and Mike Norvell's possible candidacy is all over on Warchant.com. Subscribe, head over to the Tribal Council, Gene Williams, Irish O'Fell, working around the clock to bring you the latest on that situation. So, all right, one hour coming up, Corey and I speculating on what's going to happen with Mike and that Alabama job. Uh, we did this at around 6 o'clock last night. I'm recording this part of the show around 11 o'clock at night. So I feel like we're probably in a little bit of a better place as I record this. Seems like Dabo has kind of maybe made a late surge here. Kalen DeBoer, uh, traction on certain corners of the internet. And if you look at what Vegas is offering up, Mike's odds keep getting longer and longer, which is a good thing. So um we talk about that for an hour. Real quick, I didn't get to listen to Corey and Gene and Tom talk about the NCAA violations, but I've been seeing a lot of questions about what does this mean for Florida State and the postseason, the playoff. They do get two years of probation as part of this. Cliff notes on this. Alex Atkins, invariably the fall guy, if you really read through this stuff that the NCAA posted on Thursday night. But basically, Atkins took a student athlete that was a transfer prospect to go meet with a booster who is also representing the collective, but not the Battle Zen collective. So that's a little bit of a silver lining there. And apparently this booster also reached out to this recruit's family on the phone, which you cannot do, and also use NIL as an inducement, which sounds crazy, right? Because we all know that NIL is really pay for play now. The, the problem in all this, and it's not retroactive, is that it's always been a rule that you cannot, as a booster, recruit on behalf of the school that you're a booster for. So how does this all work, you wonder? Well, it's it's all up to the collective. The collective can communicate with the university. The university can communicate with the collective. But if you're a booster, you cannot communicate with a prospect. So that's why this is kind of, you know, barrels or buckets, I guess. There's buckets of people that can talk and communicate on behalf of the university boosters still cannot. So the NCAA said that specifically the meeting constituted rather an impermissible recruiting contact because boosters are not authorized recruiters and generally cannot have in-person off-campus contact. The booster also violated recruiting rules when he initiated telephonic communication with the prospects. So I, I misspoke. So not necessarily called them, but telephonic would also mean texting them. 
And then additionally, the boosters proposed NIL opportunity constituted an impermissible recruiting inducement. Now that's going on everywhere. No one's going to blow the whistle on one another for doing that. But the window of, hey, we turns out this kid said he spoke to a booster is going to make that university be like, all right, well, let's try to get the other school in trouble. So um, again, a lot of sort of violations or rather sanctions thrown down on the floor say two years of probation, which again will not affect playoff or bowl eligibility scholarship reductions of five over the next two years. So you go from 85 down to 80, not the end of the world, but not ideal, a loss of seven official recruiting visits and the inability to roll over the leftover official visits that you didn't use last year. Prohibition on recruiting communication for six weeks, including this week, over the next two academic years. So for six weeks, including this coming week here, uh, over the next two academic years, Florida State will have some prohibition on being able to communicate with players. And then the transfer portal from the 15th to the 21st of April. So the window opens back up from the 15th to the 30th. Well, from the 15th to the 21st, Florida State is not allowed to talk to any student athletes that are in the portal. That sounds bad, but remember, again, the window is from the 15th to the 30th. You can't speak to the players for the first week. Not ideal. But remember, this is just a window for them to enter their names into the portal. So just because you can't speak to them from the 15th to the 21st doesn't mean you can't speak to them on the 22nd or the 23rd, and they can't end up committing to you on May 5th or June 14th. So a little bit of a silver lining there as well. Again, the window of the portal is only to enter your name, not make your commitment. And then a reduction of 18 evaluation days in the spring, and then a financial penalty of 1% of the athletic department's budget. And oh yeah, poor Alex Atkins. He's suspended for three games uh, this coming season and a two-year show cause, which basically means if he were to try to get another job elsewhere, that school would have to go through a formal process of basically explain to the NCAA why they want to hire him. doesn't mean they can't, but it just puts a hurdle in front of him getting hired somewhere else, which, you know, we can make jokes about, oh, that's cool. That means that we get to hold on to Alex for another two years. But for him personally, that's that's a bummer. That's not cool. As for the collective involved in all this, which is Rising Spear, they must disassociate from the university for a year. And the actual representative from Rising Spear, who's also a booster, which is what made this entire situation not kosher, they must disassociate from the university for a span of three years. Weird thing, though, believe it or not, the collective is still free to continue working with Florida State athletes on NIL endeavors. So they can still help them find ways to market their name, image, and likeness to make money. So go figure. Uh, anyways, that's enough for me. Here now, an hour of Corey Clark and I speculating on the future of Mike Norvell and trying to calm everybody down. Corey Clark, how are you, friend? Uh, good, man. Are you getting married later tonight? What's going on? So, I don't know, man. I just, it's either going to be a party or a funeral, somebody said. And I thought I would dress accordingly. You're wearing black, so why are you criticizing me? Well, you're dressed up in a suit. That's not usually your normal. Uh, I know you always dress nice, but you're actually dressed in a suit with a tie. So I didn't know, didn't know what the occasion was. If you were getting married or had a big date afterwards or something, I clearly do not. There's nothing going on here. I'm just wearing an undershirt. I I was gonna go black on black on black. Mm. I didn't want to be that ominous. So right. This is like, you know, this is wedding reception ready in case it's a party in case we're celebrating life. Right. Or right. I can go to the cemetery. And right. That's much. true. 
durable. It's a versatile suit. It's a versatile look. It can be either good or bad. You going to wear that to my wedding in a couple months? No, I got bright, bold colors for you, buddy. Sweet. You know All right. Anything so, else to talk about? Um, They got an offensive lineman from they Alabama, did. so that might be an even trade, some might say. Sure, sure. Uh, it was uh, uh, Yeah, man, obviously I know a lot of people are watching this uh, because there's big news that your head coach uh, might be on Alabama's uh, short list uh, of candidates to replace Saban. Um, so, yeah, we'll all find out. Uh, you know, I don't think there's no truth to that, that he would be on their list. I also don't think anything is done uh, one way or the other in that regard. We'll all find out here in the – I don't know, man. I would think it'd be quick in the next 12 to 24 hours would be uh, – w- w- when this would be decided one way or the other. Either Florida State sends out a release um, – saying, hey, Mike Norvell signed a new contract extension or Alabama sends out a uh, a tweet about who they got their guy. That, those would be the, the two options that happen here, I would think, in the next 24 hours. All right, well, l- let me ask you that then. So not that this was a power play, but it presented itself to Mike Norvell and his associates. Uh, are those the only two options? Is it he either leaves or there's a new more robust contract or could it just be like I'm saying I'm happy here or do you think there's got to be some sort of you know attachment uh, behind that uh, sentiment well I mean it would be cool if he did what Lanning did and tweeted out something about whatever that video was that Lanning from Oregon tweeted out uh, earlier on Thursday but uh, yeah I mean I would think look if Alabama came calling um, you know he, I, I assume he would probably listen if they if they haven't already come calling. Uh, but also, I don't know. He might give Florida State a chance to counter. Um, I think Florida State. I mean, he's already getting paid eight million dollars, right? And Saban made around eleven. Yeah. So there's not. I mean, are they going to pay Mike Norvell more than they were paying Nick Saban? So there's the, there's not. I mean, Florida State can get close enough financially that it wouldn't be a move for money. Do you know what I mean? Like, it just wouldn't be. It would be a move for other things. Prestige, uh, conference, uh, conference stability, clearly, is something that Alabama has going for it that Florida State does not. But I don't think the actual annual salary would be much different at Alabama than it would be at Florida State. If Florida State really want Florida State can play that game. Hmm. They can play the, we're going to pay our coach this kind of money game. They can't pay the, they can't play the, uh, conference stability we're gonna have four teams in the playoff every year game because the sec will it is an interesting thing the money i don't want to say it always comes back to money because i think you've brought up some salient points there's more to it than just that you know i maybe push back on prestige i don't think you're necessarily saying alabama's a more prestigious job than florida state but some people might say that i don't think we think that i mean but- honestly i i might have misspoke i i i meant the conference prestige of the okay. conference okay. yeah but when you think about like, so there's, you know, let's say Saban was making 12 and Mike was making eight. So that's a $4 million difference. Like, would you, if you're Alabama, would you pay Mike Norvell the same amount of money you're paying the greatest coach of all time? Well, like, if you're Alabama, you can't afford to get it wrong. So you already had that money earmarked. It's not like Saban gets to sail off to the sunset with all that guaranteed money. I don't think, I mean, he's, he's retiring, so he won't get the full balance of his contract. But then if you're Florida state, can you afford to let Mike Norvell leave for $3 million over the next six years. It's $18 million, let's say. Uh, it, oh. It's a kind of chess match chicken game that might be going on, not between Mike and, and the universities, but 
his agencies and uh, the university. Yeah, look, I think no matter how this shakes out, Norvell's going to get a raise, and it's a deserved raise. Uh, his team was awesome this year and should have been in the playoff. Um, so I, you know, I think he's probably poking his head around that number anyway. So I, I, I certainly don't think Florida State says no. We can't reach we after what we just went through as a university. This is the administration talking. And as bad as this program was to now get back to where we are now, I don't think they would say, well, it's just too much money. We can't afford it. Go. Good luck. We can't afford to play that. I, I don't think that would happen. I think they truly believe in this guy. They believe in his vision. It's come true uh, to to moat to, you know, mostly to that the extent we thought it's better than it's we thought it could be at three or four years in. So I I don't think they would I don't I just don't think the money would be it man I don't think I I don't think they would go so over the top and blow whatever FSU is willing to offer out of the water that Florida State couldn't match I think if he leaves it's for another reason um, that's right John thanks buddy I I think if he leaves it's for another reason I think it's again I think it's the conference conference stability. Um, in the chance in his mind, I, man, yeah, I, I don't like saying any of this. I saw the guy on on the selection Sunday stand up and was so disappointed that he had to walk away. Like he was so pissed off at what had just happened. Crushed, devastated. Now he would entertain leaving for that team that just devastated him and crushed all those other players. I get that that's how the world works. But man, what a what another punch to the balls. That would be to this Florida State fan base. The team that took your spot undeservingly in the playoff then comes and gets you after your team wasn't good enough, even undefeated, to be in the playoff. They come and get you after their legend retires. That would be that just adds another layer. Like if we if this was we were worried about him going to the 49ers or Michigan to replace Harbaugh. It feels a little different, man, than leaving Florida State to go replace that dude at that school after what happened uh, last month. All right. Shout out to our guy, T. Giddy. He, I think he posted a question in the Renegade Express mailbag, which this show was supposed to be, but obviously with possible you know, news happening, well, not possibly happening, but this is a newsworthy thing to be discussing right now. We had to uh, pivot to this. So uh, thanks, T. Giddy. We appreciate you, Thomas. $20. Tip, Corey. Nice. Thank you, T. Giddings. Wake up. Love the live shows better than your cartoon characters. Yeah. Thanks again for all you do. And I hope Mike stays and we keep winning the portal game. So pivot to that, Eric Baker. Why would Norvell just grab a Bama player from the portal if he's taken that job? He's still a, he's still recruiting for Florida State. It's a fair question, right? Like, it is a fair question. Like, we don't know how far along any if there have even been a, a contact by Alabama or if there are any negotiations, if he's even been contacted, um, we don't know any of that. Um, so maybe he's just the Florida state coach and he's acting as such. Um, it would be a, in my opinion, it would be a horrendous look. And again, just another punchline and a five week long marathon of punchlines to tweet what he tweeted about the commitment. Uh, earlier today on Thursday to have that quote that Aslan has on the screen right now. This is a special fit into our offensive line room. He embraces the work, work and culture we have established um, to have that quote about a kid coming from Alabama and then leave for that kid's school the next day or two days later or three days later. That would just be another layer um, 
to the misery that Florida State fans, I think, would feel if if that were to ever come close to coming true. Doesn't mean it won't. Uh, but man, what a I mean, yeah, read the room. If you're even thinking about leaving for Alabama, if that's even something you would contemplate, maybe hang back there a little bit, Mike. Because again, that'll be something that's on uh, freezing cold takes uh, as soon as you ta- if you would take the Alabama job. Let's see here. Quantrell knows. Keeping his streak alive of just asking Corey questions. Corey, you're more of a historian. If all programs are at their apex, isn't Alabama the fourth best job in the SEC behind Georgia, Texas, and LSU? Feels like Saban made that job. Look, it's a fair point. Like everybody that's younger than 30, probably 25, I guess, only knows Alabama is Nick Saban's Alabama. Aslan, you remember Alabama before Nick Saban. We talked about it last show. A lot of Mikes that didn't do anything. Keep that in mind, Norvell, by the way. Their history with Mikes is horrendous. Do not, do not under any circumstances go to some hotel with a couple of strippers and yell out roll time. Although that didn't really happen, did it? Weren't they sued for that story, the Mike Price story? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, but anyway, don't get caught in anything like that. But uh, yeah, man. So my whole lifetime when I was watching college football, so let's say from 1982 to now, or 1982 to Saban, they had a two-year run. They had a two-year run with Stallings in 92-93 or 91-92, whatever that was with Jay Barker as the quarterback. They won a national title um, against Miami. Uh, and then th- that was it. They were nothing. They, they, they were inconsequential in the world of college football, and they were for three decades. So, yeah. I think say, but the point is, what is that job now? Has Saban made it such a juggernaut that it's hard to be average there? Because it's just such a, um, it's such a ubiquitous school now. It's the it's the power in the in the nation that it wasn't when he took that job. It wasn't. Uh, I would still rank it ahead of Texas, by the way. Um, but, LSU too, I would. Yeah, I think the deal with LSU though is they've shown recently that they can win with multiple coaches. Like if you, if you're a decent coach or you get a couple of good quarter if you get a good quarterback in there, um, you're gonna win at LSU uh, apparently. Uh, so they've shown they can do that. It's hard to even remember what Alabama was like before Saban. What it but it it was horrible. That's why they took him. That's why they threw the bank at him. Is because they needed an upgrade tremendously because they had been but average for three decades. So Florida State was worlds above them for three decades. Then Saban, the best that ever did it, made them. I think what they are, I still think now you can say historically what it is or isn't right now coming on the heels of what Saban built. It is a juggernaut and um, it doesn't mean juggernaut. We've, we've seen it firsthand juggernauts, juggernauts split up. They fall apart. They, they crash to the ground, uh, but it's certainly an appealing job. I would think it's a championship caliber job clearly right now. But I just do wonder how much of that brand is Saban, though, because Alabama, you know, if you're of a younger generation or, you know, I mean, by and large, you know, when Alabama's winning with Bear Bryant or that little window with Gene Songs or Nick Saban, like it's just it's a juggernaut. It's just really impressive, like almost, I don't know, like endearing to people outside the South because they see just how passionate, you know, Alabama fans are. But man, it's Nick Saban. Alabama is Nick Saban. Um, Nick Saban is I think it's more so that Alabama's Nick Saban more so than Nick Saban is Alabama when people think about him. Yeah. One of the top, I think, prospects in the 25 class, 
or maybe the 24 class, I think decommitted last night once Saban made it official that he's going to be retiring. I mean, I don't know how many other guys are going to leave that program. They have 30 days, but it'll be interesting to see how many of those guys leave because, you know, we think about Jalen Key last year, right, Corey, the kid from UAB yeah. that I think was actually from the Tallahassee area perhaps. And for him, the decision between Florida State and Alabama was a really tough one, right? Uh, Florida State needed him. Alabama needed him. But it's like, yeah, man, but you go to Alabama, you get coached by that guy. He's a kingmaker. Like, you're probably going to go to the NFL if he sees it in you and you listen to what he says. That element is gone now. Like, that whole of going to Alabama, I'm going pro, we're going to win ch championships, that was a complete sort of given. That's no longer the case if he is not there. Correct. Um, and they can certainly do – they can certainly – do this wrong. I mean, they could get the wrong guy. I don't think Mike Norvell would be the wrong guy just because we've seen what he's done here. And I don't know what would what would derail Mike Norvell in Alabama if it were to happen. Not saying that's going to. And we got Lisa here saying, please just tell us whether he's staying or leaving. We don't know. But like what could like why would it not work? Why would why would Mike Norvell not even Alabama so much, Core, but like what we've seen him do here, how would that not travel to pretty much every other university in this country and be a success? I mean, it's a good question. I believe in the guy. I think he's a very good coach. I think Alabama is such its own thing. It's such its own entity that it's hard to know, like, okay, if you could win at Memphis and you could win at Florida State, does that mean you absolutely can win at Alabama to the to their liking? Like, of course you're going to win at Alabama. You're not going to go three and nine there. The players are going to be too good, at least in the beginning. But you can you can go eight and four. And if you go eight and four a couple of times in Tuscaloosa after what this guy just did, you're done. You're done. And that is a realistic thing that can happen when you're adding Texas and Oklahoma to an already tough conference. You can have a pretty good team, top 25-ish team, and lose four times. And if you do that twice in Tuscaloosa in your first two or three years, you're going to be looking for another job. But, yes, I don't I don't think there's anything in his makeup that wouldn't handle it. Um it would be an, a very interesting combination of uh, of just it, it would be an interesting marriage of his personality to that fan base and what that fan base is used to. Imagine Mike Norbell being after what they just had with Nick Saban. Hi, everybody. Hey, everybody. Like what, what what when you hear him walking down the halls at Moore. Hello. Good to see you. Good to see you, Johnny. Head up, buddy. How you doing? Like all that stuff. It's the complete opposite of what Nick Saban has been there. And it would take some getting used to for, for those, uh, for everybody in Alabama. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't predict that he would do poorly there. I am a hundred percent going to predict he won't be nearly as good as the guy he's succeeding. Not even close. And that's a real, those are real tough shoes to stand in. Again, as I said on yesterday's show, I think it would be, I think it would be foolish on his part. Um, I get it. It is Alabama, but there's in the short term right now, as we talk, what did we see the last year that makes you think you can't put together a roster like Alabama's here at Florida State? He just did it. He just had as good a team as Nick Saban had in his fourth year here in Florida State. Nick Saban was in his 15th. He just put together a better team or as good a team as Nick Saban had. Probably a better team, in my opinion, from top to bottom. At least they had a better quarterback until he got hurt. So, why then? What what it, what are they offering over there? What's so shiny in Tuscaloosa that you would leave a powerhouse? You would leave a juggernaut that has not only competed for national championships but won them with two different coaches. Why why would you leave that school? I think that's the better question. Why would you leave? Um, 
Florida State, which is on par. It's not as good as Alabama, but it's in the neighborhood. When when all that pressure and all those expectations, and it, they're so unrealistic, and they're so unfillable, those shoes, that you're going to be a disappointment. And they're not going to love you, man. They'll like you if you win games, but they won't love you in Tuscaloosa like they love you in Tallahassee, man. They just won't because you're taking over what – you're not taking over for Willie Taggart in the, when you're having to pick up the car wreck. You're taking over for the best that's ever done it, and there's nowhere to go from what Nick Saban did. There's nowhere to go but down. And, I mean, God love him if he's willing to take that uh, challenge, but it's a unique challenge that uh, I, I just think it's something you'd, it'd be, you'd have to think long and hard about doing. I know it's like a very popular like talking point. I don't, I don't want to totally dismiss it. Cause I, I, I get it. I just don't necessarily subscribe to the whole, you don't want to be the guy that follows Nick Saban. Um, Cause I don't think the pressure, the pressure is not going to ruin what you're trying to build. You have like, you're, you're not trying to build anything. You're trying to keep it up. That's the difference, right? Well, it's easier to build. It's easier to get to the top than it is to stay there. He's already, He's already at the mountain. That that I guess that's the difference, right? In my opinion. I get what you're saying. The pressure is going to be the pressure, and it's not going to affect the way he recruits or calls plays. But man, it's a lot of pressure. It's different when you take over. I don't when was the last time this happened where somebody took over a national championship program? It doesn't usually you're taking over after a Willie Taggart. Yeah. You know, after or after a Jimbo goes five and six, those are the programs that you take over for or a Miami. You don't typically take over for a, a, a guy like Nick Jimmy Saban. Johnson, we got to go all the way back to Jimmy Johnson. It's been a minute. It's been a minute since a college champ. I think a, a national championship caliber program has had to hire somebody. And this is unlike any other national championship program there's ever been because they've been so good for so long. And like you said, um, you know, these recruits, anybody that got signed by Alabama in the last 15 years thought they were going to be a first-round pick. All, all of them. And there were a ton of them. It's not like they were, they were all wrong. But you go to Alabama thinking, I'm gonna, I know I'm going to get coached well. I know we're going to win a ton of games. And I know I'm going to the NFL. That leaves a little bit with Nick Saban. When Nick Saban exits, like you said, that mystique is going to leave with him. And there's going to be pressure to stay at that mountaintop, even though Mike Norvell is not Nick Saban. Hey, maybe he's better than Nick Saban. We'll see. Mm. He's young. He certainly accomplished more at 40 than Nick Saban had. So maybe, maybe he is better than Saban. I mean, do we look at Saban himself and like when he left LSU and then it took what, three years for less miles? That's to a good one. Yeah. You know, is there another, I mean, I'm sure Pete Carroll, when yeah. he left USC, that didn't go well. Um, but there I'm was sure. some other stuff going on, obviously with the NCAA investigations and scholarship reductions, yeah. things like that. But yeah, I mean, the only things I can think of, you know, not the prestige of like Alabama, but like you, that is the flagship university. That is the number one undisputed school in that state. And in Florida state, it's always a battle between you and Florida for who owns the headlines. And there's some other stuff going on in the state, whether it's, you know, pro sports that kind of takes some of the shine away maybe from you, but you know, 365 days a year, anything that Nick Saban does in Alabama is news. Yeah. So I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. You know, maybe, it's you should kind of appreciate the fact that you can kind of maybe live a life in Tallahassee. You can live a life in Florida if you're Mike Norvell, but if you're the head football coach at Alabama, like you cannot, you're constantly under the spotlight. And then Corey, I mean, doesn't it come back to this conference ultimately? Um, That's know, what I wanted to get to next, right? You know, so yeah, uh, the amount of money that you 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 might get it 
if you stay here. Like you might be able to, you have a great house on a great piece of property for the head football coach of Florida State. Same thing with Alabama. But you know at Alabama, you're going to constantly be able to walk to your mailbox every single month and get a big check to keep your house looking as cool as everybody else on the block. Florida State, you might. Yeah. You might, but you definitely don't have that stability that you would that you have elsewhere if you're talking about Alabama. I agree. And that's a twofold issue there. Number one, is it what's if Norvell would leave for Alabama? To me, honestly, that's the only reason he would leave that would make any sense is the conference instability. Where are they going to play? Are they really going to be 35 or 40 million dollars in the hole every year? to Georgia, Florida, Alabama, Auburn, all these teams they're trying to recruit against. Are they really going to make, in the next decade, $400 million less? Because that's not fair. He wants to go win championships. It's going to be harder and harder to win championships and to put together great seasons and great teams when you're $40 million in the hole just from TV revenue from all these other schools in the South. So that's a real concern, and that's what I think would make Alabama – any SEC school uh, int- appealing, but uh, not any. That's That was a way overstatement. Three or four might be appealing because of that, just the conference stability, and they're not suing their conference to try to get out of it right now. The other issue is, let's say Norvell does leave, and let's say it's not even for Alabama. Let's say it's next year for uh, whoever, the Cowboys. What kind of coach, what, what pool do you get to fish from what pond do you get to piss from? Fish, piss from fish from um, to get your new coach with all this stuff still so uncertain with your conference. You know, like it, does Florida State do, do, do would would coaches be like would Lane Kiffin even think about coming to Florida State with all this uncertainty? Because here's the reality, folks. He would probably be my first call, and I think he would be interested. Because he wouldn't be my first call, but he'd be on my short list. My first call, obviously, is to Dion. Bring the whole band back together. Absolutely. Let's go, Travis Hunter. It's a it's been the long game, but we want Travis in Tallahassee for his final year. Um, no, but so Lane Kiffin is at Ole Miss. Going from Ole Miss to Florida State is an enormous jump in everything that matters: history, tradition, fan base, chances of winning a national championship. All of it is better at Florida State. But would he be willing to make that jump, not knowing what conference? And I'm just using him as an example. And that's where I wonder who they could realistically go after as long as this conference stuff is up in the air, which makes it even more imperative in my mind when you already have a very good coach, you know you have a good coach, you know you have a good coach that can win here, is to try everything you can to keep him here. Because it it might be hard to find a replacement that is as good as him. It's not impossible. You know, Jimbo turned out to not be a savant. He wasn't a genius. He won an ad. He went undefeated. Norvell's gone undefeated. There's probably not more than three or four schools in the country, maybe three, that in the last 25 years have had three different coaches go undefeated. Uh, you've got two of them. Or you, Florida State's one of them. So it's not like Norvell is some magician, but he's a very good coach, and you know what he has, and you know what you have in him. And there's you you, you know it's it's always the unknown, as we saw between Jimbo and Mike. It's always the unknown when it comes to hiring coaches. Rick Flair says, Woo! Mm, I need some damn Vitamin Energy Mood Plus. You want it. You got it, everybody. VitaminEnergy.com. Promo code is WarChamp BOGO. WarChamp B O G O. Buy one item, get one of equal or lesser value for absolutely free over at VitaminEnergy.com. You can try out the variety pack 
That'll get you your mood plus Ric Flair. It also gets you your immune plus, gets you your focus plus, workout plus, all of it. Try it out. Yeah, shake it and take it. Try it. I think you'll like it. Uh, Promo code again, WordChamp BOGO, the world's first and only clinically proven, clinically tested energy shot to not only help out with your energy, but also your mood, your focus, reduce brain fog. Again, all of it's there for you. It's energy with benefits and nutrients. Vitamenergy.com. One more time, Corey. Promo code is WarChamp BOGO. Hey, I got something else that might help people's moods, Aslan. I think this isn't breaking news. It's just something I've been thinking about is that if it were to happen, and I don't want it to happen, folks. I like him. I love the coverage we have. I love – because that's my biggest concern, honestly. I like the guy, and I love what he's done with the program. The access is unbelievable. And whoever replaces him isn't going to give us that access, and it won't be as fun to cover this team. We'll still do it. We're still war champ, baby, but it won't be as fun. But, you know, if this were happening five years ago, and I get it, people are still very, very concerned, you would be extremely worried because you, it's almost like you're going to be kneecapped for two to three years as the new coach comes in and has to rebuild his roster. You know, it doesn't it, – It typically it do, there weren't a lot that turned it around in a year. And so you'd be like, well, I guess you're punting on 2024 and you might be punting on 25. You you might be lucky to win six games either of those years. It's a brand new sport, folks. And so let's just play this play this out. Let's say that Norvell goes to Alabama. You have a opening in the middle of effing January. Great. Not the not the best time you want. It, the new coach comes in. Let's say it's uh, it doesn't even matter. School X. Why not Lane Kiffin? Okay, we'll say Lane Kiffin. I don't know how realistic that would even be. I don't even know if they'd want him, but I, you know, he'd be somebody I would have on my short list. Um, but let's say Lane Kiffin comes in. Well, he's going to bring in some guys from his school, and he's got some very good players. It's also the portal, and you can reshuffle these rosters and realign these rosters with so much quickness that you can be competitive in year one. You can be, and you can be really good by year two. And so that I guess that's my mood, my mood energy, my mood energy drink here is that mm. if it does happen, it doesn't mean Florida State's about to fall into a cliff again. The one thing positive you would say about Norvell, and I would say a lot of negative things about him if he took this particular job, I promise I would and I will if that ever happened, um, is he left this place in a he left Florida State in a place where it is a very it's a much more appealing job than it was in 2019. Clearly. So that pond you're fishing from is bigger, and it's got better fish in it. Um, so that is a really big plus that he's already done for the school if he were to leave. You hope they hit a home run, and if they do hit a home run, it won't take him. He he shouldn't go through a, an awful 3-6 and six season. He shouldn't have a team that can lose to Jacksonville State. He will be able to replenish the roster, and he's, br- he's built up that brand, Norvell has, to where Florida State is a destination school again. It's a power school again. It's in the nation. It's in the consciousness again. And so recruits will want to come. Portal kids will want to come. And if you make the right hire, you could be back up and running maybe not a year from now, but two years from now for sure, right? Yes. And you got money to spend on players. You've got money. Hey, instead of paying Norvell $11 million to stay, pay your next guy four and a half and spend the difference on a whole new offensive and defensive line and a, and a great quarterback. Here's my contribution to the good vibes. Virgin de Guadalupe. I went, I went and got us a prayer candle, Corey. Oh, awesome, man. Thank you. So shout out to everybody out there. 
And this is for you. Cleveland, this is for you. Um, may she guide over us here in the next 24 hours, as Corey has set a artificial deadline yeah. uh, for us to find this thing out. Shout out to Benjamin Haygood, by the way. Ben in the house. Wake up, boys. Great portal talent coming. If Mike leaves, he deserves it. But I think he stays. What are the rest of the needs in the portal? Go Knowles, you guys are the best coverage of our beloved Knowles. Hey, thanks, Benjamin. We appreciate that, buddy. Um, linebacker, right? That kid from Syracuse committed to Nebraska. What a jerk. What's he thinking? We go play with Lincoln, Nebraska? Come on, man. Uh, yeah, I would say linebacker, although they got Lundy. They got this kid out of the portal from Florida State who had played, sure. been a pr pr productive player for a couple of years. So they got him back. Uh, yeah, I would say, you know, honestly, linebacker, maybe one more offensive lineman. I, I don't know. I don't know if they're. Uh, well, they got Ferguson from Alabama, so I think yeah, you're good. That you think kind you're of good? Plugs. I think they might look for another one. I, I Maybe they're done. But now they're up to 11 portal guys. I think now they have the uh, they had the fifth ranked class. They might still be fifth or fourth in the portal. Uh, they've done it, man. They've they've done it again. They've 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 addressed their needs again. When you look at who they brought in. Well, we didn't know what Jared Verse was when he came in. He was highly saw he was highly thought of, but he was a Albany transfer. We didn't know he was going to be this guy. So the point being, I don't know that there's I don't know that you have a Jared Verse type talent in this uh in this group of portal kids, but I also don't know that you don't. Uh Marvin Jones Jr. might be that guy. Um you know, there might be another one there that one of these linemen, one of these wide receivers might be incredible. We'll see. I don't know if there's a Keon or a Jared in here, but I don't know that there isn't. Uh, but it has certainly addressed some needs and they should be very, very competitive uh, again next season. I would think. Thank you, Benjamin. Appreciate you, man. Uh, Warchant.com, by the way, as we sit here and we talk. Uh, updates on this ongoing situation are being provided by our own Irish O'Fell as well as Gene Williams, Florida man in Texas warning is Iris sitting in his car right now outside Mike's house with binoculars looking for a tree. He should be. If he isn't, does he care about this job or not? It's a great question, Florida man. That is a, that is a great question. A uh, great question here from our guy over in Pensacola, the pack buster. Let's assume Mike stays, which we should. Yeah, we should. What's the floor? What's the ceiling for Florida State in 2024, Corey Clark? Uh, I think the floor is eight wins, eight and four. I think that's the floor. Maybe you get unlucky, seven and five, but I think the floor, the absolute floor is eight. <clears throat> and then the ceiling is a playoff berth. I don't I don't think they'll have enough special talent necessarily, the Keons versus Jordan Travis's of the world to make a run and win a national championship. But I'm not, you know, I'm not going to limit these guys. I certainly wouldn't have thought Washington would be in the four, been the national championship game down by a score in the fourth quarter either. I didn't think that was a possibility. And there they were So when the season started. So um, who I don't want to put a limit on them. I think the ceiling for them is a playoff berth. I think the floor is uh, seven to eight wins. Now, if they get horrible injury luck, who knows? But that right now, as you ask me, Eight month, eight and a half months from the season starting, and we don't know who the coach is. I say the I say the floor is that. Yeah, it's seven. It's like seven months in a week. Seven months, seven and a half. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. right. You're right. We're getting Norbell really not going to go to Ireland. What are you? You you'd rather be in Tuscaloosa than Ireland? I will say this. I I think it's funny about this though. And I look, man. I I know it probably sounds like I think he's gone. I don't at all. I, I don't really have an opinion one way or the other. I think he'd be dumb to go, but I also understand it is Alabama. 
I think what would pain people is what just who he seems to be as a person and how unique this journey has been over these last four years to build this program up um, to then go like it's like he coached the Marlins and I'm not comparing Florida State to the Marlins in perpetuity. I'm just saying in those four years, he was coaching the Royals and got them to the World Series and then left for the Yankees. It's like it's he. It was something kind of special about. It's really special about what he's done these last two or three years. And I think there is a real connection. I could be wrong because I'm not technically a fan. I think there's a real special connection between him and these fans. I really do. And I think they when he shows that hurt and that disgust, like he did after the Orange Bowl, like he did after the snub, like he did when I asked him the question before the Syracuse game. When you see that emotion, he really does care. And I feel like Florida State fans have had a nice, really, really intense, special connection with this man leading their program back from oblivion to almost the top of the mountaintop for them to then, you know, zip line to another mountain and say, hey, thanks for everything would really be even more crushing to some. I, I can tell you this, uh, Stephanie, soon to be Stephanie Clark. Uh, was devastated when I told her, like, I should read you the text, was devastated when I told her that this was a possibility that his name was coming up on these lists. Hmm. It's all right, Steph. Be strong. Browns are here for you, too, always. Um, trying to find somebody tweeting out fake news. I got to try to delete them out of the chat, but they've escaped my uh, my grasp here. Uh, P. Simpson, Aslan, as an SEC guy yourself who's been in the trenches. <laughs> Who do you want to see Alabama hire? Who would you hire? Um, so I guess apparently Kalen DeBoer is the name that's being bandied about at this minute, at this hour, Corey. I think he was the leader in Vegas odds uh, after Lanning took his name out of the running. But Lanning was the leader last night, and we saw how that played out. I don't know if I would value Kalen DeBoer's resume more than Mike Norvell's. I think... What Washington did this year is obviously impressive. Uh, I don't think Florida State would have done any worse, probably, if they would have made it to the playoff with their starting quarterback. Again, I I don't think they probably were four of the best teams without their starting quarterback. Sorry, I don't. Um, but I, that would seem the like most a deserving. Hard... You do think they were one of the most deserving? Yeah, I mean, if you made it through all that trials and tribulations, adversity. Yeah, um, yeah. But I, we had really good playoff games, man. I don't know if we had a really good semifinal game. With, I mean, I wouldn't say that Alabama-Michigan game was a good game. It was a close game. It was a lot of punts. And I feel like I feel like Florida State and Michigan would have had a lot of punts, too. Master yeah. Motto would have introduced himself to the world in that game. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. 
For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. It just, I, I hate being the guys go, it's a bad cultural fit, but like that, it doesn't feel like Brian Harson. you know, the, the spectrum probably is like Brian Harson, Boise to Auburn and then Urban Meyer, Utah to Gainesville, like Salt Lake to Gainesville, Boise to Auburn. Yeah, I'm trying to look up Tuscaloosa. It's somewhere on that spectrum, but I I I trust Kalen DeBoer more than I do Brian Harson. So I probably would put it a little closer to the Urban Meyer success scale, if you will. And I don't think he's gonna leave you in shambles and and leave your program as a joke and an absolute travesty. Um, I don't know, man. Like, listen, I wasn't the big biggest Mike Norvell guy. Uh I I didn't I didn't necessarily want to get hired when they lost Willie Taggart. I was a lane guy. We've we've gone over this, but it's hard to really argue against what he's done. And Again, if you look at, if you listen to why Nick Saban left, according to Chris Lowe, you know, and some of the quotes that were laid out here today, Corey, the whole pay for play stuff is a huge deal for him. It was all about creating a team, trying to develop them as players, get them ready for the next level. Now it's about, you know, can you get me the, can you give me $150,000 up front right now? It's, it's no longer the 40 year plan that he tried yeah. to create for players. So that's, that's the reality of it. That's why we're probably not hearing Dabo Sweeney's name mentioned a lot in this. The way this game is played now, it's hard to argue against Mike Norvell probably being the best fit for your program if you're ready to go down that route, which everybody is apparently other than Clemson. I so. think also he is a, he is from the South. Um, he's recruited against Alabama. He's not from the SEC. He hasn't been in the SEC, but he's you know, he's born in Texas. He play, played college ball in Arkansas, not at Arkansas, but in Arkansas. And he's now coached in uh, the ACC and at Florida State for four years to go along with Memphis before that. So he's from around this area. The guy from Washington was born in South Dakota, has okay. coached nothing but up there in that area of the world. Like the SEC in the South is just different. So I think that would, if I was hiring, that's who I would look to is somebody that knows the landscape. Uh, of what it's like to recruit against these teams in the South. Then again, though, I keep coming back to this, man. I don't know how much different recruiting is now. I assume it's a lot different. I think, I don't think Kalen DeBoer, if you said, hey, man, we think you're a really good coach. Here's $14 million to build your roster with NIL. I think he'd pull a pretty good roster, even if he doesn't speak with a Southern accent. You know what I mean? I think the money talks, the, the accent on the money, means a lot more than the southern accent coming out of somebody's mouth so i don't even know how much any of that is a uh, is a factor anymore um you know i would i would think alabama's first choice would be sark um or kiffin two guys that have been there that know it. i know kiffin left not in great circumstances and has always poked fun at at saban when he's been at old miss but he's now proven i think uh at tennessee to a much lesser extent but now at old miss he can compete in the sec his 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 style can work in the SEC. Um, that I think he would be more appealing. I think honestly, Norvell's much more of a wild card uh, than Kiffin because you just don't know. The SEC West is different, man. It's just different. Um, I think Kiffin has proven he can be a pretty good SEC coach. Uh, but that said, I I I don't think Norvell would be a horrible hire by any stretch. Um, he's 
it's just a different, it's going to be a different, it would be a different uh, challenge for him for sure. I think if Lane Kiffin was remarried and he didn't use Twitter, he would be the head coach right now. They would have made the hire five hours ago, but he didn't get remarried. Mm. Um, he's just a bachelor living his life and he just trolls and has fun with this stuff. Like again, like Alabama, you're probably like the most powerful person in that state, even more so than the governor. That yep. might be a little hyperbolic, but not, not really. Well, I can tell you that Saban certainly was. Yeah. Now, I don't think Norvell steps in. It is on this pedestal that Saban was on. But um, but I, a couple I, rings, though. exactly. A couple rings. But but here's the thing, man. Here's what's so fascinating about this is that don't just get to the playoffs, big dog. Hmm. That's expected. You you finish in the top 12. Whoop de doo. You're Alabama. That's expected from August. So. All the talk about climbing and getting all that stuff is none of that is going to resonate at that place after the last 15 years like it does here. Um, and so and I, I, you could talk to the guy at Washington, too, or anybody, Kiffin, like, man, Alabama ain't going to be OK with just playoff appearances. You go you go to three straight playoffs, but never make it to the finals or never make it to the semifinals. You might be out of a job. That's the that's the reality, and that you could you couldn't say that of any other program in the country, but that one. Uh, Elio Noel, four ninety nine. Corey, this is just a tip, not a donation. Thank you, thank dollar, you for the uh, clarification, y'all. Uh, thanks to uh, Ed Lemix. Can you try to interpret this for us, Corey? As I, I drop a sounder, think about it for a second here. Big ball and smashing, making my ends. I, I think, Ed, we love you. Love Courtney. Can't wait to see you again, buddy, whenever that might be. Um, I feel like he's saying that he hears the Alabama running back. Oh, okay. All, is right, what all he, right. Is what he's saying there? Yeah. Roy Dell Williams. Roy Dell Williams. That's a that's a guy. That's a dude. Um, yeah. Shout out to Josiah back there. Dropping that in the uh, chat for me. In is he in I the portal? I guess he's in the portal. Well, they're all in the portal right yeah. now, I assume. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, well, he was before this happened as well. Uh, Corey, how about... King Spleen, why hasn't Mike Norvell done what Dan Lanning has done and make a statement? It's a fair question, King. Uh, I don't know. Um, maybe he would think it's presumptuous. Maybe he hasn't been offered the job, and he would think it would be presumptuous to say, I'm not interested in that job, even though it hasn't been offered to him. So maybe he doesn't think there's a statement to make, or maybe he's interested. I mean, I, I legitimately don't know. I don't. I, I'm not. I haven't talked to Mike uh, in the last well since the Orange Bowl, so uh, so I, I don't know why. Um, but it would be nice. I'll say that I, it would be nice to go ahead in the next tweet. Don't tell us how it's great to be a Seminole because you got another kid in the portal. Tell everybody it's great to be a Seminole because you're staying a Seminole, mm -hmm. and that's what everybody would want to hear and everybody would want to see. Noldat says Norvell doesn't owe us a statement. If there's no news, then there's no news. I, you know, I, um, and look, man, there's also the negotiation aspect of this. Like, don't come out if you all of us would want a nice 20% bump. And if the best way to get a 20% bump is to just lay low and be quiet and don't address it at all for an hour, for a day or two, I think it, it, it's what stands to reason that that could be something he's doing as well. Uh, maybe Lanning got his what he wanted. And he was, he got up, he got re-upped. And when that happened, he's like, get me my phone. I'm going on Twitter. And maybe that hasn't necessarily happened with Mike Norvell yet, because maybe they're, they haven't started any negotiations. And the whole conference thing, right, Corey? Like he's, 
he's going to the Big Ten. Dan Lang's got all he, all that he wants. He's going to a good conference. He knows he's set up there. Um, meanwhile, again, there's some of that uncertainty they're dealing with if you're the head coach of Florida State right now. Um, but I do wonder, I mean, how far ahead in life does Mike Norvell think? You know, because I get it. After a certain amount of time, it's just it's not tenable to get the payout the ACC is going to get versus what the Big Ten and the SEC are going to get. But man, I would rather have to worry about beating NC State, Pittsburgh, and Clemson than have to worry about beating LSU, Georgia, and Auburn. You know, yeah. I'll, I'll throw that in there. So how much of that stuff is in the forefront of his mind? Or do you look at it through the lens of like, all right, man, 12-team playoff, highest conference champions, you know, whatever the five highest-ranked conference champions. I just need to hold serve in this conference. And I like, I'm, I feel comfortable in this conference. Like I've, I've been in here now three, four years, 21, yeah. four, you know, if you count 2020, which we do is that yeah. was his fourth year that we just completed. I've coached against these guys. I see what, when they lose a coach, you know, this is who they bring in. They lost Mike Elko. They brought in Manny Diaz. Um, you know, it's, it's not a gauntlet that's so overwhelming and say whatever you want about the sec, man. Like I give a lot of props to Georgia and the way they finish the season. Cause I think they finished the season doing like, they would play like what Missouri Ole Miss Georgia tech. And then Alabama. Yeah. That was like their last four games. We had a cupcake. Alabama had a cupcake that last game, you know, the second, the last week in November before they played that last game. I think there is an accumulation of playing in that conference four games in a row. When you play pretty elite competition, I know Georgia tech is not in the sec, um, but man, that that's just a really tough thing to go through. That that would make me pause way more than having to fill the shoes of Nick Saban. You mean just how hard it is to win there? Yeah, yeah, I, all of it, all of it, all of it makes sense, man. All of it is something you would think about. Like the ACC financially, not a great thing, but from a competitive standpoint, it, it gives you the platform to recruit well and to compete for a, a playoff spot in this new twelve-team world. So agreed. I, uh, again, hang on, hang on for two more years, Corey. If you're Mike Norvell, and if you keep winning here, whatever the next big job opens in the SEC Big Ten, you'll take that one. But in the meantime, like you have a good thing here, it feels. Also, if you wait two years here, maybe you're in the Big Ten at Florida State, and yes. you're getting all that money. The money's raining down on you anyway. So, yeah, man. I, I again, I, 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 I want to not sound like a homer because we cover Florida State, and I grew up cheering for Florida State. Um, I think it would be a mistake to take that job. I think it, like Aslan just said, it is harder, much harder to win there. Saban made it look much easier than it is. Go ask all of the guys that coached there before Saban, how easy it was, uh, just to coach there in general. And now you're getting, you're again, you've added Texas and Oklahoma. A&M could be a problem if Elko's any good. Um, it's just hard, man. It's, it, you could have a really good team and go nine and three or eight and four and maybe miss the playoff. Um, Meanwhile, in the ACC, it is easier to win right now, and he's proven that. He just went 13-0 in the ACC. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, and also, it's the I, I just keep coming back to the quality of life, and maybe I'm just trying to project it, and maybe this is completely naive. Um, I don't think the money would be different enough that, you know, living in Tallahassee and living in Tuscaloosa for my family when I'm the head football coach is a whole different deal. It's just a whole different deal. Um, and you are, Tom Lang said this on the Jeff Cameron show earlier today. It's 100% true. That seat is warm as soon as you sit in it. It's warm. It, you don't have, 
two, three years to find your footing. They're not going to put up with it. It is warm, and they're going to be questioning you from the start, not just because it's Alabama, but because who you're replacing. All that comes into it where it's easy. I think – I don't know. Do you think it's easier to – Do what? I mean, if he doesn't pull out of 0-4 in 2021, you know, I mean, it's 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 not very different, the expectations here. And I, I know we might not go on radio shows and brag about. I would say this: if he lo- if he lost to Jacksonville State in year two, the way they lost, he might not have been the coach at Alabama on Monday. Yeah. I think there's the difference, but still, um, and because Florida State still owed Taggart all that money, they couldn't afford. They don't have the resources that Alabama does. They can write a check and say, "Okay, we made a mistake. Let's go." Is get he a, off the books? Coach. By the way, are we coming up close to the Bobby Bonilla? I think he is. All, I think he is off the books just in time for that. Uh, the uh, the facility to start being built, the Willie Taggart uh, practice facility. Uh, so yeah, man. I again, I, I have no inside knowledge that he's going or staying. I know he's on a list. Um, I assume they'll reach out to him at some point. I don't know if he was their first, second, or third choice. He's. I don't think he was his first. Their first. I think the guy at Oregon was their first. Um, and I just, you know, I, I, you're not. Florida State isn't South Carolina. Florida State isn't even Oregon or Oregon State. Florida State is a powerhouse that after the scrap heap that you had to pull from, pull yourself out of two years ago, you just went 13-0 and and should have been a playoff team with a bunch of NFL players. You just did that at Florida State. That does not happen at other schools. Florida State, again, Alabama without Nick Saban is here. Florida State is here. That's the way it's been my whole life. Now Alabama without Nick Saban has raised the bar, but let's see what that looks like, um, you know, two or three years from now when Nick Saban isn't the coach. Uh, it's, you know, it's Dean Smith left, and I didn't, nobody thought North Carolina basketball would be horrible ever. Dean Smith left, and they had a losing record two years later. Like, things happen. You know, it's not, these things don't, we just saw it here at Florida State. Bobby Bowden left, it was a, or, you know, Mark Rick left. The, the program crumbled a little bit, and then uh, Jimbo left or was in the process of leaving. It crumbled a little bit. These 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 programs don't run themselves. It's going to be a lot of work to keep Alabama to to where it's been. Because again, I think Mike Norvell is a very very good coach, uh, maybe a great coach. He is not Nick Saban. I'm comfortable saying that. I think Nick's the best that's ever done it, the best that will ever do it. Um, we don't even really appre- we won't appreciate how good he was until like 2030 when we see what Alabama becomes because it is not like this folks it is not going to be a top 5 program every single year it just won't be how much of the pie chart i mean because this is crazy right this is this is you're the head coach of Florida State you just went 13 and 0 you just won the conference your biggest rival in this conference seemingly is on the backslide of things yeah uh, you you have a well endowed NIL collective. Um, the fact that this is even being discussed, and its I know it's Alabama, but it, it, this isn't, you know, it's, it's not a guarantee that you're just going to pick up where Nick Saban left off. How much of the pie chart, the fact that we're even having to be worried about this right now, Corey, how much of the pie chart is the fact that he did go 13-0 and didn't get that playoff? I, You know, it's a good question. I think I understand what you're saying, uh, and I agree with it to an extent. It's like I mean, it's, it's not just one thing, right? Or that there's there's multiple things that you don't have to squint too hard to think that this is like a a possibility if 
offers are extended and money and everything. I'm else. never going to get the credit I deserve for being a great coach. Clearly, because when I, even when I go 13 and 0, it's just that I play. I coach in a, a not good conference. I coach in a horrible conference. All my wins are meaningless. I get that. Um, I think that the counter though is that it really kind of doesn't matter moving forward because of the the alteration to the playoff. Like, in the, I meant to make that point earlier. If they were having to hire a new coach. One of the it would be really, really hard to sell a very good coach to come to Florida State if we were staying in a 14 playoff. He would be like, well, what does it matter if I go undefeated? They're not going to appreciate anyway, and I might not get in either way. But when you're going to a 12 team playoff, if you win the conference, you're in. So I think that frees up uh, some people to take a chance on Florida State. It should free up Mike Norvell, if that was a concern, to understand that even if Kirk Herbstreet and Boo Corrigan, uh, you know, don't care that his team went undefeated and showed grit by finding ways to win even without a star quarterback. It won't matter because they'll be in regardless. Uh, so that, I, you know, I, I get what you're saying, though. Just like the perception of what he's doing here doesn't doesn't matter. But then that's weird, right? Like all these Alabama fans were were telling you that we're, we're uh, lampooning his accomplishments and kneecapping him and telling him they didn't matter. 13-0, big deal you did in the ACC. Now you want him as your head coach? Well, it can't be both, right? Like either you appreciate and acknowledge that he did a great job here and he had a great team, or you don't. I don't see how those two, it seems like two competing thoughts. Uh, Gary Spinelli here talking about the you know, quality of life and you know what's the likelihood that any coach could meet Saban's pass. You'll always Zero. be measured and compared by Saban in everything you do. Would you, though? I, I know I'm trying to be rational here, and, and we're speaking about something that's rife with irrationality. But, like, if you're the Patriots, you're not expecting to hire a coach that's going to win you three Super Bowls in the next five years. I mean, don't Alabama fans recognize just how special Nick Saban was? And I don't want to say being realistic here, but, like, wouldn't one national title in four years be good enough or – do we think that's not going to fly in Tuscaloosa? Oh, sure. Yeah. I don't think they'd, if he won a national championship in year two and then had a couple of 10 win seats, no, he's fine there. But what if he doesn't, uh, you yeah. know, and, 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 you know, Alabama fans have not been um, described as the most rational fans on earth uh, here in my lifetime. I don't, I don't think it will start now. I think if anything, what Saban did made them more irrational. Um, but yeah, you know, look, it's, there have been instances where this worked. I brought up North Carolina basketball, but then Roy Williams came and Roy Williams lived up. I think Roy won more national championships than Dean Smith. Mm -hmm. And he's beloved in North Carolina too. So you can't go back. It's not like uh, you can't go in there and make your own name. It's just that Roy Williams, again, didn't take the job right after Dean. He was smart enough to let, uh, uh, what's it, Matt Doherty take it in between. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm just telling you, man, can you imagine going from replacing Willie Taggart to going to replace Nick Saban? It, it, nobody's ever had to do this. Like when, when Saban was great at LSU, but he was there for like three or four years and they won one title. Um, I, you, nobody has ever had to replace something like this that was so good his whole time. He had the bad first year where he was getting his program in order. And since then, They've won no less than 10 games the whole time. It'd be like somebody going to Florida State after 2000, the 2000 season. Um, it would have been impossible. It's just impossible. Um, so anyway. Anyway, we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up here. We're, 
We got we even got our, our loyalists taking shots at us. Uh oh. Ralph. Wow, an entire one hour live show on speculation. Sorry, man. Uh apologize. I mean, Ryan we talked about the basketball team. <laughs> we can. They're, hey, they're they're picking it up. Big game on Saturday. Uh Ryan Donovan says, Do we know if Norvell actually interviewed yet? We don't know that, but we do know he was in Houston yesterday at the Bear Bryant Coach of the Year presentation. And to think that there wasn't somebody from Alabama there, Corey, to Hey, man, what's up? You see what happened? Uh, yeah, but the... that implies that they knew ahead of time. Oh, you think like just somebody associated with a Bear Bryant award? Well, I'm sure yeah. there's Alabama people there that got on or at least showed up somewhat later because Norvell spoke at 5.15 Eastern yeah. time. And the news and, broke like 20 minutes later or 10 minutes later. You know, so at worst, if you're in Tuscaloosa, you can get on a plane and probably hop over to Houston. No problem if you're a power broker. So, But, but that also implies that he – well. I don't know if Lanning was there, but the Washington guy was there too. So Correct. all your big fish are there in one one barrel to take your shot at. So yeah, maybe I, I don't know. Um, those private planes can land in airports. You don't have to rush out uh, to do that. No, I don't. I don't. Uh, it, look, here's the thing. I don't. I don't think this is. I actually. Uh, I actually re was reminded about this with Bobby Bowden. You know, in 1986, he wanted to be the Alabama head coach. Um, he wanted to be the Alabama head coach and he was insulted that they wanted to interview him. They wouldn't just offer him the job. And he, even though he's from Alabama, he went to school there for a semester before transferring to Sanford. Um, he wanted to be the Alabama head coach. He thought that was what his life's mission was to end up as the Alabama head coach. That had always been a dream. He was such, he was so proud and, and had such a healthy ego that when they said, we just want to interview you, he's like, what do you mean interview? You're either offering me the job or not. I'm not coming. And they're like, well, no, we have to interview you. He's like, all right, peace. The dynasty started the next year. Um, I don't I don't think this is I don't I think this is an offer. I don't think it's an interview. Like, obviously, they would sit down and meet and talk about things, but it's not like they're going to interview him and then decide whether they want to offer him the job. If they interview Mike Norvell, they're going to offer him the job, I would I would assume. But I wouldn't an interview isn't even like the right. I don't even think that's the right verb. I think it's just a discussion about what the job would entail. Interview sounds like, well, are they going to select me or not? I hope they I hope they pick me and not No, if they're if they're in deep discussions with him, it is a discussion, not an interview. That said, um I don't think he is interviewed with I don't think he has discussed anything with Alabama yet. I don't think he's been in Tuscaloosa. I don't think he's in Tuscaloosa now. Y'all got to get on the flight trackers, gang. Let's find out where these where these planes, where the Alabama plane is going. By the way, James B says, uh, was this a scheduled show? I got no notifications. It was supposed to be a recruiting chat, but we filled in. Well, that and that goes back to Ralph's question, right? Like this wasn't a plan like, hey, let's just talk about yeah. Mike Norvell in Alabama for an hour. Um it was it we it was supposed to be a recruiting show with uh, Aslan and Langston, and it's like can we really do that with all this up in the air? Like nobody's going to, I mean, no offense to Mr. Ferguson. Nobody really wants to talk about the offensive line portal right now because your head coach may be in limbo. So that's why, why we decided to do this as opposed to uh as opposed to a recruiting show. Yeah. All but, of us, uh, we're, we're pretty much just on standby now until yeah. Alabama makes their head coaching hire here. Um, so hopefully it happens sooner than later. Or Gene Williams said that he was hearing, you know, they have a, a drop dead date of Monday. Um, our guy, Florida man in Texas, will take this one and then we'll head on out here, Corey. 
Uh, thank you, by the way, Florida man from Texas. We'll give you a little bit of a soundtrack. Wake up, he says. Thank you. Uh, he's actually surprised Bama didn't have a plan for the transfer like the Bowden to Jimbo handover. Or it's, do they? Uh, well, but they I don't think they have somebody on staff that they're that they would promote. Right. Um, and I, I think, again, when you want to talk about Nick Saban's greatness, it's that he he has constantly had to restaff at Alabama coordinators, position coaches. It's never ending there. And they still stay really good. It's incredible. Well, he was allegedly on a Zoom yesterday interviewing assistant coach candidates before he walked into the team room and was like, I'm done. Yeah, I think he was interviewing maybe receivers coaches or something. But think about the last guy that he interviewed, like at 352. He's like, all right, well, thanks. Thanks, Joe. Uh, I'll let you know. And then he immediately goes and retires. Joe's got to be like, what? I, I, I don't have it. I made this man. I made the all-time legend. He interviewed me and is like, I got to get out. This like is all that's last. out there now. I can't. I can't replenish the. But also, like, I'm. I'm so. I was such a bad interview. I made him retire. Uh, like, I. I just don't. I got to get a new new career. I'd love to know who that very last person he was that he interviewed and what he thought of it. Like, he found out thirty minutes later. Wait, he just interviewed me and he just and now he's retired. What? What happened? Yeah. All right. Well, that is. Uh, I didn't. I didn't mean. I didn't hit that. That was an accident. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, I didn't mean to hit that. That name will come up. It, it, that name would come up. The I'm name saying it's realistic, it. but that name would come up if if Norbell were to leave. Yeah. Rich Eisen certainly would suggest it. Well, I don't know. Maybe Rich wants Dion to go to Ann Arbor. That's right. When Harbaugh leaves, good point. All right, we're done. Uh, we're done for the week too, everybody. So this is fingers crossed. This is the podcast, or maybe yeah. not. Fingers crossed. Hopefully, we do get some. If we get definitive word one way or the other tonight that something has happened we'll we'll reconvene Corey and i and we'll we'll do something for youtube and that'll probably be the uh and i would assume we'll probably have another video on this on this channel too if something happens one way or the other uh, whenever it happens a good or bad hopefully good we're hoping it's good stephanie certainly is uh but no matter when that when it when we all know where mike norvell will be officially in 2024 the football season i assume war chant will have that covered uh with some videos how long do do I leave the prayer candle on the entire night, Corey, until we get word, or do I? Can I blow out the prayer candle? Does anybody out there know prayer candle etiquette? I don't want to. I don't want to anger. I feel like you just keep it burning. Okay. Yeah, All you right. just keep it burning. Yeah. All right. We'll just we'll leave it there burning. Uh, what is the name of this candle again? Virgin de Guadalupe. Mm. So sounds like a winner, Mike. Come on, man. We're, we're lighting candles for you, dog. They're Just, not doing that in Tuscaloosa. They don't even know who you are. They, they think your accomplishments at Memphis and Florida State are a joke. MyBookie.ag. You can bet anything, anytime, anywhere. And use the promo code WARCHANT when you sign up for the first time. You'll get an instant cash deposit bonus. So, yeah, just put in WARCHANT. Boom. More money into your account to play with. Sportsbook Live Betting Live Casino. Again, bet anything, anytime, anywhere, including futures on who will win the national title next year. Florida State plus 1875, ninth shortest odds of the pack. Odds on favorite right now, Georgia. I said Florida State nine. Who are the teams ahead of them? Well, Georgia, Ohio State, Texas, Alabama, Michigan, Oregon, LSU, and Ole Miss. 
in that order. Can't believe LSU and Ole Miss and Michigan. Michigan's going to lose everybody. No respect. No respect. Perhaps you want to hop on it. Perhaps you want to just ruminate over it. Give it a give it a look-see. Give it a think. But be responsible, everybody. Be responsible when you make your picks. Promo requires a $50 minimum deposit and a rollover requirement of one time your deposit total, including your bonus for withdrawal. For full terms and conditions, visit mybookie.ag slash about dash us. Corey Jean Tom talking about the NCAA sanctions against Florida State's recruiting efforts coming up right after this. Florida State football, Florida State offensive line coach Alex Atkins, NIL Collective Rising Spear, all hit with unprecedented NCAA penalties. Guys, we had heard about this for a a while that perhaps NIL penalties, NIL era penalties are coming for collectives. Florida State got hit with one tonight. Before I welcome you in for your opinions, let's get to the beautiful bean footage here. Everybody get your spectacles out. We got a four-point font on the screen. I'm going to summarize very quickly all of the penalties levied against Florida State, the collective rising spear, etc. Florida State hit with two years of probation. Alex Atkins, the offensive coordinator, offensive line coach, hit with a two-year show cause. So you have to say, if you're going to hire him away for Florida State, why you're doing so, including a three-game suspension for Alex Atkins in 2024. There's a restriction from off-campus recruiting during the fall uh, of 2023 for the assistant coach. I guess that's post-dated. So there was a restriction on Alex Atkins. A three-year dissociation from the booster in question of the collective rising spear. A one-year dissociation with the collective itself, Rising Spear. More on that in a minute. A $5,000 fine for Florida State plus 1% of the football budget. That's not nothing. We've seen multiple reports out there that say it's 1% of the athletics budget. But I'm reading to you off of the NCAA document itself. It's not the athletics budget. It is the football budget. 5% reduction in football scholarships over a two-year probationary period, amounting to the total of five scholarships, a reduction in in official paid visits for Florida State, football recruiting communications are tamped down by six weeks, and a reduction in the number of in-person recruiting days during the 23-24 academic year. All right, guys, that's a lot of information. Uh, Gene Williams, I'm going to start with you. The news just keeps on getting more interesting for Florida State. Go ahead, your initial thoughts. Uh, Just when is it going to end? I I made the comment to you guys beforehand. I mean, it seems like since Alabama State, I've never seen a negative news cycle like this. Uh, As long as I've been around Florida State, I don't know if anybody at any school has gone through what Florida State's gone through the last couple months. It's insane. Um, On this, look, it's it's not good. I mean, it's a probation. It could be worse. I guess this is a, a, like, categorize it as a type two or level two, Mm -hmm. not a level one. And and I think FSU are going to get that in a minute issued a statement. Yes. Um, So not the big, the big, taboo, you know, lack of institutional control, those kind of things are there. But hey, you lost scholarships. You're limited in what you can do recruiting wise. I mean, that's that's not good. You don't want to pay a fine. I mean, that fine, the 1% is significant. And this isn't a time when you, you're flush with money. So that's not a good thing. And it's just the perception too. I think the biggest thing to me is the perception. You've had so much going out nationally with Florida State getting the snub, being sued, a lot of negative press in the media all the things with Mike Norvell and Alabama, all this stuff going on. This is a, it. We really didn't need that at this time for your perception. To me, that's the biggest hit Florida State takes on this right now. But it could have been. It could be worse. You know, no players are ineligible. The player that was the center of all this never enrolled at Florida State, so you don't have to worry about any eligibility issues. So I guess if there's a positive, it's not super severe and it doesn't in, impede any players' uh, eligibility. Or it's not going to cost you any games. 
So we're going to put this on the screen as well. Uh, Director Ben behind the scenes doing that for us. But Corey, before I get your reaction, Florida State did release a, a statement itself saying that the university and the NCAA agreed upon the committee's final de uh, determination regarding the actions taken against Florida State, that the committee found no lack of institutional control, that's the key term in these proceedings by FSU, nor did they cite any failure to monitor the institution. Further, the NCAA acknowledged no findings of responsibility by the head football coach. The committee affirmed that the head football coach, that's Mike Norvell, he, his name's been in the news too, everybody, promotes an atmosphere of compliance. And Corey, before I go to you really quickly, the quote from Michael Alford, Vice President and Director of Athletics at Florida State, we are pleased to reach closure in the situation and view this as another step in strengthening our culture of compliance at Florida State University. We take all compliance matters very seriously and our full cooperation with the NCAA on this case is a clear example of that commitment. We remain committed to compliance with all NCAA rules, including dissociation of the booster and the collective. All right, Corey, it's so much to sort through at a time where yeah. Florida State already has so much to sort through. Choose it. Transfer portal, head coach future, conference future, whatever. Your sense of where Florida State stands with this particular issue and where's your head at, man? Well, look, I, I would just say this, and I told you guys before we started uh, recording, you know, if I'm looking at Mike Norbell as my next head coach, I mean, clearly I got to look somewhere else. This guy is a renegade. He runs a renegade program, just cheating all over the place, uh, uh, you know, getting meetings aligned with kids you don't even sign. They ended up going somewhere else. So, uh, no, look, I, I think it's, uh, I mean, just the timing of it. I mean, it's just like, like Gene said, it just feels like another anvil falling on you. After all this, after the Orange Bowl, after the the snub, your head coach is in the news for maybe going somewhere else, and then this on top of it. Like, I get that the NSA needs to have an example. And I think in the long term, stuff like this will be important uh, to try to curb in a stat, curb, um, you know, violations and establish some sort of parameters as we move forward in this goofy sport. But of course, it had to be Florida State. That's the first one up, right? Like they hadn't had a bad enough month, uh, for, uh, you know, and their coach is still being considered for another spot. And you're like, okay, well, we're, let's just throw this on top of uh, to all to, to everybody's head. I, I look, if me being a pragmatist and a realist, it's so much better from our from, from Florida State's perspective, and our perspective is what we do for a living. I'm not trying to be rude here or mean that that says rising spear, not battles end. You know what yeah. I mean? Just for our perspective, the Rising Spear, if you don't know, that was the one that, that Florida State started with. And it kind of, Gene, if I'm not mistaken, Tom, too, it kind of morphed more into the secondary sports, quote-unquote secondary sports, soccer, uh, maybe women's basketball, baseball, softball, those sports, and, 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 and coming up with NIL opportunities for those athletes, and not football. Football is all the battles in. The battles in is not mentioned once uh, in that because the battles in, I don't even think was a thing back right. in 2022 when this happened. So if you're worried about that, the battles in is still operating uh, is and it's, it's, it's up and operating, but yeah, it's just, uh, you know, so what we can talk through it, but my initial indication honestly was thank heavens. It's rising spear, not the battles in the yep. battles in is much more important to what we do for a living and what these people watching this care about. Yeah, there's no doubt when it comes to football. And Gene, I'll pivot to you in just a moment. Yeah. Also, uh, men's golf is safe if you care about that. <laughs> the battles that's involved in men's golf. Great. I wonder about the implications of does this mean legally that that Rising Spear has to allow their student athletes who are profiting off of name, image, and likeness 
Are, are they now all free agents in the Florida State community? There are a lot of implications here because this is a football issue that cost Rising Spear a seat at the table. And I would hate Gene Williams for that to cost yeah. Florida State student athletes in other sports the opportunities that have been you know, negotiated for them because that would be ridiculous. It's like anything yeah. else, Gene, when you see a head coach that's long since passed and cheated at a program uh, skate and go to the NFL or go to a different program, and then the kids that are currently on campus are suspended. Hopefully it doesn't end up like that. Right. No, I, I don't. Again, putting on my old lawyer hat, which <laughs> has been uh, in the dust closet for years but um, I, my reading of the disassociation this is a order to FSU so FSU has to disassociate with Rising Spear it doesn't put an end to Rising Spear they have nothing to do with Rising Spear for a year right Gene for one Correct. year yeah, not and then also think years. of it this way if you're reading it in the most draconian way and say they have to shut down they can't give money imagine this happening the NCAA taking money out of you know, women's sports, Olympic sports by this ruling. That's exactly what got them this this mess in the first place. So I don't see their ruling like suddenly the softball team, they're not going to honor the contracts with the softball team. They're not going to get paid anymore. Now, this could result, I could see a year or so down the road, maybe transition, maybe some stuff happens. But I, I really can't see a scenario, and nor do I read the language that way, that it's going to immediately impact the sports, the NIL that is paid out to these other sports at Florida State. You know what kind of bothers me about this, though, gang, is that it's this was in the spring of 2022. The NIL was completely new to all of us, including coaches. And this seems so kind of innocuous. Like, hey, we have a kid that wants to transfer. What can we do for him to set him up? These are all kind of within the rules. I know they weren't, but they're certainly within the rules now. And it was so long ago that it was another collective that's not even involved in football anymore. And it's like, I know you're trying to make an example of Florida State, but now uh, one of your young and bright and, and up and coming assistant coaches, Alex Atkins, who we'll get to in a second, he's got a show cause for two years for this. It might have been a genuine mistake because none of us knew how to handle yeah, any of yeah. it back then. And you're making such a, uh, you talk about draconian, it just seems like, you know, I think, Gene, the foot, the 1% of the football budget is going to be a million dollars, right? Or so uh, it may, I would think maybe, I don't know, 500. I don't know what that would be. It'd be a substantial amount of money. It, these, these, these penalties for what we all understand other people are doing just seem a little bit excessive. But may, maybe that's just my, for, on first blush, and that's my first glance at it. It seems a little excessive considering where this sport is now and what – what nobody really knew back then. I didn't even know there were rules. Well, I, I don't think there were. And Gene, to, I'll, I'll let you speak yeah. on this in a moment. But again, just to reiterate, it, it is one percent of the football budget. I know the big story that broke. You know, when everybody when this crossed everybody's desk, said one percent of the athletics budget. That matters. Like, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a, a big bit, difference. Yeah, it's a little bit difference. Yeah, instead uh, of one point six million, maybe it's eight hundred thousand. But whatever, I'll take that eight hundred thousand. Right, you know, whatever it is. Exactly, Gene. A, a couple of things to speak to. Number one. You know, given Florida State's statement about this, clearly maybe the NCAA came at Florida State with something harsher and this was negotiated down to a certain place. Yeah. Do you see evidence of that? Where I mean, if, if you've got Michael Alford going on record saying we've reached a, a nice yeah. uh, number here or, you know, we agree with these set of penalties, they're not fighting it. Florida State is not fighting this particular issue. Uh, your thoughts on that? And then if you want to offer up your first thoughts, Gene, on, on Alex Atkins here, because to me, Gene, this almost seems like the reverse Daryl Jackson situation where he enters the portal when there aren't these rules about second-time transfers. He gets penalized for rules that didn't exist. Mm -hmm. This is kind of the same thing in reverse where there were no rules, period, and Florida State seems to be 
retroactively penalized when the Wild West was on in 2022. And it's always, for some reason, Florida State's always at the center of this stuff. I don't get, I don't get it. Um, but no, I mean, yeah, this was negotiated. That was put in the release. That was put in the story in the NCAA that this is something. So I, I agree with Corey when I first looked at this. Goes for him giving a ride and a little bit of discussion. We don't really know what the rules are. It seems extremely harsh given the landscape at the time. But again, and it, remember, it, you didn't get the kid. The <laughs> player didn't come to your school. It's not like the FSU benefited anything yeah. from this. Um, so yeah, I, it's, it's a little bizarre, but then again, I, I, I have some trust. I, I don't think, uh, Mike Alford's an idiot. Like he would be taken advantage of by the NCA. So they must've thought this was a good enough deal. I guess they thought it could have been worse. I don't really know how it could be. Were they threatened to take away games or I, I think mean, they might've threatened to, uh, to maybe suspend Atkins for longer M- hmm. might've been, might've been on the table, like suspended maybe. for a year. Uh, yeah. Eligible to coach for a year instead of I don't know if we mentioned it yet, but three games, right, Tom? He's he's suspended for the first three games of 2024, which is a big deal, yeah. but not only nearly as big as having to go find a new offensive line coach. Which who knows where the what the coaching staff will be, right? But uh, it could be something along the lines of keeping him in the fold and keeping his 2024 season uh, yeah, on the I- table. I would say two things. Number one, yeah, that at, at the top of that bullet point list, and for those of you that really want to test how strong your eyes are, I can pull it up on the screen again with these little types. Uh, this is very much fine print material that's on the screen. But that's one of the first points was the two-year show, show cause for Alex Atkins. He is the assistant coach that this is referring to and a three-game suspension. Gina, I think to Corey's point, it could be that the terms of negotiation were to whittle that down to three games for Alex Atkins, but then also yeah. Florida State can say equivocally in type in its release that Mike Norvell is in no way associated with this, that there's no lack of institutional control, and that Mike Norvell, uh, he, what is it? he promotes uh, compliance. He promotes uh, an air of compliance within the Florida State program. I think maybe those were the points that they were trying to be able to negotiate where they can say loud and clear sure. that they do not have a lack of institutional control. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you don't want, I mean, it's less damage to the, pro- you know, honestly, if this didn't involve NIL, like you said, it's unprecedented because it involves NIL. And to date, the NCAA has done nothing, literally nothing when it comes to penalizing the NCAA. So this is a bigger story. If this would have just been a ho-hum run of the mill up, he got a ride in the car and he talked to a booster about something, it would have been probably a, a small little side note of a story based on when you look at the penalties. They're not really severe they're not great, but they're not super severe in terms of the whole program. Hey, Tom, so can you I, put the can you put the bullet points up again while Gene's talking? Sorry, Gene. No, no, that's cool. Yeah, this helps to look at this. So, I don't. Yeah, I don't like losing the money and all the other stuff. But again, it's a lot of little things, and maybe that was that makes sense to make a very, state, very strong statement. No lack of institutional control. The coach is doing great in terms of fostering compliance. So I guess that's what it went to. I just still I have this vision in my mind of Stan Wilcox sitting in his Indianapolis office just giggling away at this. Well, right. In the era of, uh, I think Corey and I just got done with a video last night. Saying, I said that you could fit me for seven and five-eighths of a tinfoil hat if it comes out that um, it was known weeks in advance that Nick Saban was retiring before uh, you know the committee elevated Alabama from where they were to the top four. It's that time. It's that time in Florida State's history, Corey, where it just feels yeah. like, you know, it, there are a lot of times Michigan makes a saying of it: "Us against the world, Michigan against the world." Yeah. If Florida State fans feel that way, can you blame them in this particular moment in the history of their of their fandom? No, because again, it's not. I don't think Florida State fans are going to sit here and say, "How dare you 
Alex Atkins was right. You were wrong. I, I think you can accept the penalty. And as Gene said, the penalties aren't really severe. Atkins misses three games. I wanted you to put back up the, the bullet points, though, Tom, because it says the third one is a restriction from off-campus recruiting during fall 2023. Yep. So that's already been served? I guess it's backdated. It's got to be. Mm-hmm. So, so they just that's never reported that. Yeah. So, so they probably, yeah, they probably knew ahead of time this was yeah. going down. And this was, part, you know, ahead of time you say, okay, we're not letting him recruit for a certain period of time. We've so already if, done that. So if, if, we, if we can believe and, and we hope, we truly hope that whatever is going on with Rising Spear, that the athletes that are benefiting from Rising Spear get made whole either by Rising Spear or some other way. Or maybe just Florida State can't foster relationships, but Rising Spirit can still exist. We're we're a little murky there, but so that's a big deal. I don't want to I don't want to say that it isn't or dismiss it, but really what you're looking at is is Alex Atkins is going to miss three games, and I guess over the next two years you're going to lose five scholarships. So yep. two one year, yeah. so you're going to have 83 kids on scholarship next year, and then 80 what 82 the year after that, or something like that. Everything else, it's not. It, it, this isn't severe. This isn't Reggie Bush and USC or anything like that. So my point being with all that, guys, is that um, it's just the timing of it. Yeah. It's yep. just the timing of it and that Florida State is the first. It's the guinea I pig. I can't imagine that they're going to be the last. This might be rolling out. They might be doing a rollout over the next two months with all the schools that have been caught doing something like this. And I'm sure it's plentiful. But okay. that's what bother. I think that's what would bother Florida State fans is like really, Florida State that had to be the first one you roll out with the unprecedented NIL penalties. And this is where we can perhaps uh, lift the curtain just a little bit, guys, because your your point, Corey, about the timing, like one of the days that you know Mike Norvell's future is at least somewhat speculated upon, and I, I'll say somewhat um, kind of in a funny way. The Atkins or assistant coach storyline, like, could there be something coming in that regard? It's been a, a behind the scenes for months. We didn't know if there was any truth to it, any validity to it. Frankly, this came out of nowhere that the NCAA decided to levy this, as they do. The NCAA works on their own time. They keep their own counsel. We all know this. But that this week, that this Thursday is the time that it comes out is kind of nuts, and it sometimes it feels intentional. But Gene, I mean, again, the timing of this is just, um, boy, wow, couldn't have been better for Florida State. I mean, maybe the only worst time would have been right after the committee. I was going to say the day after the yeah. committee snubbed FSU. That would have been that old Wilcox. There you go. Yeah. Take that. <laughs> now it's just you, you just have to hope at some point this this crap has to end, right? It has to end sometime, right, Corey? Or am I, or am I jinxing it? Are we going to have another bomb? Yeah, tomorrow? shut up, Gene. <laughs> shut up, Gene. It doesn't have to end. We, you could just be getting. Uh, crapped upon for the rest of your lives yeah behind the scenes i've been saying that to uh, a lot of people on staff that well it can't possibly there can't possibly be another unprecedented event well here it is another one so we're going to stop asking that question i will editorialize one thing really quickly as far as i understand it the restrictions and there's a recruiting restriction that's coming up for florida state uh, in terms of the days that they can't do this or that, I do not believe it extends to transfer portal visits or transfer portal weekends, as I personally understand it. That's important because Florida State could have some players on campus within uh, 24 hours of the recording yeah. of this video. Uh, last word, Corey, to you. This does seem like this is in, in, a, in a time for Florida State where there are things that are going to drag on, like the conference lawsuit. And yes. like perhaps it feels interminable to wait for Mike Norvell and seeing what's going on there and, and the news from out of Alabama and Tuscaloosa. 
this seems like this is in, in a package. This is just, this is what it is. It's done. Time to move on. It seems that way from the way Florida State's messaging, in, at least. Yeah, you know, honestly, like I, I'll go back to say, it, it's not it's not a crippling blow by any sense of the word. I think the reason we're even doing a video about it is because of the timing of it and just the unprecedented nature of Florida State being the first one uh, to get mm-hmm. hit with this. Um, but, but otherwise, your offensive line coach is going to miss three games. Uh, that's the headline, right? Really, he's got a show cause, but he's going to miss three games. I think that's the headline. You're going to pay, I don't know, $750,000 fine, which seems like a lot, but whatever. Um, and, you know, look, I, I, I can understand Florida State fans uh, be, having the opinion of, man, I, I'm pretty sure earlier this week a national champion was crowned that was proven to have stolen signs and cheated. <laughs> And you're going to and they're not going to be put on probation, I'm sure, because of that. I Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm going to go ahead and first guess that one and say they won't. Meanwhile, you're put on probation, quote unquote, for organizing a meetup with a collective for a kid you didn't even bring in. Yep. So I just want to keep coming back to that. Florida State, it, this is not where they got caught red handed cheating. This is not SMU from the 80s or Connor Stallions. It's it's organizing an NIL collective meet with a prospective transfer portal kid, I believe, and it didn't work out. The kid didn't come when you didn't even know what the rules were at the time. Right. So it's just it's again, it's 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 it just it's never ending. It's the ACC lawsuit. It's the snub. It's 63 to three. It's all the kids pull, opting out of the bowl game. And, and then it's your head coach uh, being on a list to go to another school. And then on top of all that. Hey, here you go. Here's some more news for you on a Thursday night. At least Florida State basketball is a three-game ACC winning streak for the right. first time in two hey. years. Yeah, there right, let's talk go. about that for 10 minutes, Gene. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, there we go. Uh, for Actually, make it 15 because, guys, if you were worried about Alex Atkins going anywhere, but taking another job, well, somebody would have to show cause for the next two years. So <laughs> yeah, that's right. There is there that. You go. Hey, look at Tom looking at the uh, – yeah, There you the, go. Folks, positive are you, of this whole situation. Are you sick of seeing us yet on War Chant TV? We hope you're not. <laughs> Because we're going to be talking to you 15 minutes from now about something oh. that comes out of left field. Because that's just the way it is these days. Do us a favor, though. Hit the like button underneath the video. If not for if not for the news, for us. Hey, can I go ahead and say something? I, I know Norvell watches all these videos religiously, clearly. Mike, come ahead. Go out and make a statement. Give Florida State fans some good news. They need it, dude. They need some good news. Your O-line coach just got y'all put on probation for two years. <laughs> Come give these guys some good news, Mike. You owe it to them. Let's hey, go. hey, you know what, Corey? Friday that'd be perfect. Great weekend party. Yeah. Watch some NFL. No, Mike. No, they announced a new long-term deal for Mike. Sure, that would be nice. That would be nice. What's the opposite of a news dump? Would it be like a news dunk? That's what we're looking for here. Please. And that is a wrap on a very long edition of Wake Up or Chant. Shouldn't be too dated by the time you're listening to this. So thanks for making it this far. Appreciate it. Maybe hit the thumbs up on the way out and check out warchant.com throughout the day and the weekend as we wait for this Alabama coaching search to wind down. Uh, Gene Williams a few days ago said that what he had heard was that Alabama had kind of a date in mind of having this done by Monday. So who knows? Maybe it'll get done today, maybe on Saturday, but uh, feeling good right now as we talk, the mic's going to stay put, but warchant.com has got you covered. Updates as they happen, courtesy of Gene Williams, Irish Ophel over on the Tribal Council, so check all that stuff out. We'll have Michael Langston join us on Monday to talk about what's going on in the portal for Florida State. And in the meantime, the Jeff Cameron Show, 1 to 3 o'clock. Check that on out. 
For Gene, Tom, and Corey, I'm Aslan. Thanks for listening to this edition of Wake Up Board Champ presented by Corner Pocket Barn Grill.